Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Thank goodness somebody did the work for me on this. I've been looking for the stat for the better part of a week and a half, and I didn't want to just count on my fingers. But as of Monday night, when we're starting this podcast recording, doing it in a couple of chunks uh, during these days when schedule's a little goofball over here, the number of NBA players currently in health and safety protocols is 80, which sounds like a lot, until you hear that a week before, it was 125. There are officially now more players coming out of protocols than going in. And we talked about this. There's just a tipping point. At a certain point, everyone that is going to be protected has been exposed and didn't get it. Everyone that has been partially protected is getting it and is either asymptomatic or very mild cases and they're getting back now a little bit quicker because of the adjustments and rules and then everybody the the unlucky ones that are all vaccinated and still get it at full speed the handful they're taking a little longer to get back but overall because we've hit this point where basically everyone that I mean, we're really at a point now where pretty much everyone in the NBA has been directly exposed. And so we're kind of seeing these are the folks that are going in and they're starting to come back out now. And so what we talked about last week on the show, which was, listen, we're, I think I said we were two weeks away and I may have overestimated there. We may have been more like one week away from the point at which it's now time to start looking for those rest of season value guys that got dropped because of the rampant COVID protocol stuff. Remember some of those names we talked about some three weeks ago with Adam King here on the show? Uh, he saw Mo Bamba got dropped because of protocols. I saw Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt got dropped. There were solid rest of season. I mean, we're talking, you know, forget Mo Bamba for a minute, because I think that was probably an outlier and, and didn't happen in all that many leagues. But like Pat Beverly, he got dropped in a bunch of spots. And I'm as guilty of it because you just can't fall that far behind in games played, no matter what format you're talking about. Roto games cap, you don't want to fall more than 20, 30 games behind the pack, or you're going to have a lot of trouble catching up, especially with how many players are continuing to miss games. So at some point, you have to part with these guys that are slightly better than fringe producers but probably the, the, the risk you're taking there is that they're not going to get picked up if they get cast to the waiver wire. And now it's the time to start picking them up again. There are still, however, a handful of a fairly interesting streamer types, and we'll talk about those as we work our way through the uh, Monday results here on the show. I have a list of about eight names and this is something I've, I've tried to start implementing just because there's so much weirdness this season that I can't, you know, in seasons past, I could remember the two or three things I did in a fantasy league over the course of a traditional week. Now, because there's three or four things every single day and like 25 things in a week, I've started to write down the list of the players that are, that I search for basically in my fantasy leagues on a given day. And I'll get you that list at some point later on in today's podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today, Tuesday edition, January the 4th, our second show of 2022. 
I'm your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. I know. Thrilling. What a name to use on social media. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This podcast is a hoop ball. Or was a hoop ball presentation. Now it's a sports ethos presentation. I was bound to do that at some point. I'm going to leave it in. Not going to edit that out. You guys get to see the real try at this show. Sportsethos.com is E-T-H-O-S. And you can follow the best fantasy news feed on planet Earth at ethosfantasybk on Twitter. Ethosfantasybk for basket. Basket. BK. It's the best. It's the fastest. It's the most thorough. It's got great analysis from the sharpest minds in fantasy basketball. It's what you want to be following. If you are not following a fantasy news feed of any kind, you're getting lapped by people in your league. Simple as that. So check that one out. Check me out. Do all that traditional stuff we talk about at the front end of the show. Uh, the names that I searched for, we'll just we'll start the show with that. The names that I searched for, and I'm not going to talk about why necessarily each one, uh, because some of these guys did actually play on Monday night. Some of them did not. The names I searched for yesterday, not to necessarily, you know, I didn't pick all these guys up. This is just what I was looking at. Trey Lyles, Facundo Campazzo, Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith, Danny Green, Firkin Korkmaz, Damian Jones, Maxi Kleba, and Denny Avdia. It's actually nine names because I had Danny Green and Firkin Korkmaz lumped into one succulent little Sixers bucket. And uh, they are, of course, in reality, two separate, distinct people. In terms of the guys who played on Monday, which on that list was Lyles, Compazzo, Green, Korkmaz, Kleba, and Avdia. We'll talk about those guys as we work our way through the Monday recap part of the show. The folks on that list that didn't play on Monday... Probably I would have searched for the night before, if not for getting back into town from a vacation. But those players are Obi Toppin, who is effectively now filling in at power forward slash center at times on the Knicks for Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. I know Taj Gibson's still around, but okay. Jalen Smith filling in at center for the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee still out. They're expected to miss this ballgame tonight for Phoenix. Uh... Damian Jones, who's been filling in, actually been doing a really nice job for Sacramento, even when Rashawn Holmes was coming back from his eye injury. But now he's the lead dog at that center spot. And uh, I, frankly, I think deserves, he's one of the easier calls on streams this week because big guy stats are so easy to come across. But let's start diving through some of the Monday actual box scores, game results, and I'll offer some thoughts probably on the other five guys that I mentioned, in addition to some other guys as well. Washington beat Charlotte 124-121. Bradley Beal finally coming around. Talked about it on yesterday's show. He's worked his way from the 90s up to the 70s yesterday. And then after this ballgame, another good one. He is now number 66 on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues. He has been, by all accounts, relatively durable. His quarantine was somewhat short. I think it was about nine days long, which... You know, compared to a lot of guys in the league, not all that bad. He's over 30 games played. Things are finally trending in the right direction. Even in this game, you could have found a couple of things to to scabs to pick at. No steals, but he did hit three three-pointers finally, which has been kind of a strange thing for him as well. Just one and a half threes per game this year. Free throw numbers starting to creep back up a little bit. 
Kyle Kuzma has had a handful of actually really big ball games in a row. He's pushed himself back up to number 131 in 9-cat. And lately, he's actually been hot enough to use. I don't know if this is going to stick. Charlotte, as an opponent, tends to be a good one as fantasy numbers go. And then Daniel Gafford, nice ball game again. He's been sailing quietly under the radar this whole season. He's number 81 in 9-cat leagues, and he's just been just hanging out there as a delightful little seventh-rounder the whole damn season. Everybody's been annoyed with him, and we've just said, ride with it, because you're getting what you drafted. I'm going to come back to Denny Avdia in a moment, because he's the guy I actually want to pause on. But very quickly on the Charlotte side, Mason Plumley continues to start at center. There really isn't a backup option there. Jalen McDaniels has chewed up some center minutes, but he doesn't belong at that spot. And so Plumley's been borderline usable while P.J. Washington's been out. Not at all someone that you have to throw in your lineup. Otherwise, this was a pretty easy one. LaMelo Ball just had a not-as-great ball game. He's still having a great season. He's fallen, however, to number 10. And I don't know. I mean, I does he go on a spurt here to get back up into the top seven? Honestly, this is just what a long season does. It wears you down a little bit. The best of the best of the best of the best are the guys that can hang out at the top. It's not easy, man. NBA season is rough, and this is only his second year in it. By the way, number one player these days, LeBron James, who's remembered how to make free throws. It it changed everything. And he's shooting 53%, sorry, 52% on the year with three three three-pointers, which is kind of remarkable. He's been amazing. LeBron James right now is probably the pick of the year in fantasy, which seems nuts considering there are some guys that got drafted near 100 that are at, like, number 30. But LeBron is going, in a lot of expert leagues in particular, near 30, and he's number one. Although the fact that he was going near 30 was kind of dumb. Like, that's your that's your bottoming out point for Braun. In any event... Uh, that's not what we were talking about here. The point of all this is that LaMelo Ball has peeled off a little bit. You kind of always knew he was going to fall from that number five, number six spot. Those are reserved for the guys that can just grind it out all year. And there were some things with LaMelo that didn't seem like they were going to stick. Particularly free throw shooting when he was up at like 97%. Now he's at 88. Still very good. Uh, turnovers have been on the rise as well. But listen, we're not complaining about it. It's just that we always kind of knew there'd be a little bit of a dial back. But he's still a first-rounder. Still a big win. But let's talk Denny Avdia for a minute. Because he's been... And, and we, we talked about him on this show actually probably every week, once a week, for about the last three weeks in a row. With kind of the note of, he's close. I think I kept saying, he's someone we got to keep our eye on. Because the word on Avdia is that, for one... They love him as their primary defensive stopper. He's the guy they're putting on the opponent's best player. They started Avdia basically here to put him on LaMelo Ball. They said, you go stop LaMelo. And Avdia did it. Offensively, he's all over the map. There's minimal consistency. He shoots 45% with a three-pointer, just 69% at the free throw line. But you see these, this outline of what he could be. For instance, in this ball game, just seven points. He was, he was bad offensively. Went one for seven from the field. Four rebounds, eight assists, four steals. 
And on the season, it's been a positive trend line for Avdia. First month of the season, he was outside the top 200. Second month of the season, he was at like 170-ish. Most recent 25, 30 days, he's around the top 150. He has these problems in his fantasy game, though, which we just mentioned. He doesn't hit many three-pointers, and his percentages aren't very good, which is, we've talked many times, that's a pretty tough combination of issues to overcome. But if they really turn to him and say, hey, we want you playing uh, the lion's share of minutes because you're our guy that can go stop somebody, then he's just frankly going to be on the floor long enough to have fantasy value. He'll get enough rebounds, assists, steals, blocks to kind of overcome the fact that the percentages aren't that great. And honestly, like the thing with Avdia is the, the bad free throw number it feels like something that's relatively fixable, and he doesn't get to the line very often either. And then the field goal percent is not good, but he also doesn't take many shots. So for him, it's really about, more than anything, a lack of usage. If there was some more usage, you could kind of overwhelm some of those small problems. Like, more usage means two three-pointers instead of one. More usage means 12, 13 points per game instead of nine or ten. That's enough to overcome the problems with the other stuff. So I think Denny Avdia is someone that needs to be added immediately on the chance that he holds on to a starting job here. And I know Montrez Harrell's been out, and Rui Hachimura's been out the entire year, so there's no guarantee that he that it sticks. But they really like what he's doing, and it's worth a speculative ad because that's where we're at now. We're back in a part of the season where you need to start making speculative moves. Not every roster slot can be... I mean, a lot of us, I think, had teams where three guys were COVID replacement streams. It's not going to be that way as guys continue to come out of protocols. Philly blew out Houston. The Sixers lost Matisse Thibel again. Tyrese Maxey again to protocols. I don't know what the hell's going on around there. Um, short-term, Furkan Korkmaz had a, a fantastic ball game, game of his life. Uh, Shake Milton got hurt, which certainly helped there as well. Danny Green played 23 minutes. He's still kind of working his way back, though. Um, I think you could probably go with a Korkmaz stream. I feel I feel more comfortable with that call and a head-to-head side because you know he's going to go and he's going to get some shots up and he'll hit some threes and score some points. The rebounds, the assists, these that's never that's not getting duplicated for Korkmaz anytime soon. So just like. Set your expectations. Keep them wisely in check with him that it's probably going to be more like 16 points, a couple three-pointers, and basically nothing else. And you guys know how I felt about the Sixers this year. I've kind of avoided them. They haven't had the fantasy value that they've that I've wanted them to. Meanwhile, on the Houston side, no Christian Wood, no Kevin Porter Jr. suspended for this ballgame after their altercation with assistant coach John Lucas get my story right here. Uh, So Garrison Matthews got a few extra shots, and he launched himself back into the fantasy discussion. Daniel Tice played almost all of the center minutes in this game because Alpern Shengun is out as well. You know, you'd think, you know, if I get it, Joel Embiid was on the other side. If Tice gets 34 minutes in a bunch of games this week, he actually makes sense as a stream as well. So that's, again, more of a fill-in type of thing, but who knows? Christian Wood could probably, should, Probably be back for the next ball game. 
So I'm not advocating a Tice thing. You, you probably want to leave that one alone. The name to watch, I believe, on this team right now is K.J. Martin, also known as Kenyon Martin Jr. He's a guy that could step into a really interesting role if anything persists here on the Christian Wood front. Am I advocating a pickup? Hell no. I've pretty much told you guys to dodge Rockets all season long. I do think Jalen Green starts to get enough shots up here going forward where he also can kind of overwhelm the bad things in his fantasy game. But you saw it here. He doesn't do much besides shoot. That's his fantasy game. That's not great for 9-cat. I mentioned Danny Green because if his wind comes back, he would actually be really good fill-in for Matisse Thibel while he's out. But is his wind back yet? No. So that's another one where you kind of want to wait and make sure he can get to 30 minutes in a ball game before you do anything with it. Memphis really beat the hell out of Brooklyn in this game. It wasn't, I know it ended at a 14-point game, but the Grizzlies were in control. And they, they're they doing to teams, they've been impressive. I, I'm blown away at how good the Grizz have been this year. And it's not all John Moran, who did have a big ball game here. Although kind of a weird twist, like no defensive stats and bad free throw numbers is such a strange, how do you put a weird lid on an otherwise spectacular performance? Desmond Bain has been unreal. Brandon Clark's come on here with a bunch of guys and protocols. JJJ had a terrible ball game and they still won easily. They are just out-toughing teams. They're racking up steals. And they're beating you. They just outclassed a team with Kevin Durant and James Harden. Simple as that. On that Brooklyn side, LaMarcus Aldridge dealing with a foot thing, so Nick Claxton is someone you need to be streaming right now. Otherwise, I think you leave this team alone. Patty Mills is no longer going to have the usage to matter with KD and Harden both healthy. Bruce Brown had a big one off the bench, but that's an almost impossible thing to replicate when you're guaranteed but 23 bench minutes as a undersized, like wildly undersized forward. So Harden, KD, Nick Claxton right now, LaMarcus when he comes back. I do like uh, Claxton, by the way, as someone to be to hang on to sort of medium term because it seemed like they were willing to potentially use him and Aldridge side by side against particular lineups, which, of course, does throw a bit of a wrinkle into the, the Roto Games Cap way of playing basketball, but it, someone that you probably should be sitting on at this point. Utah beat New Orleans 115-104. I traded for Rudy Gobert in a league. Somehow I didn't end up with him almost anywhere, and I think it's because I ended up with a pick at the end of the first round in almost every single draft. So what was I going to do? Take him at, like, 14? No, there were still guys on the board I wanted more. The Rudy Gobert discussion and how I kind of became the Rudy Gobert guy this year uh, among fantasy analysts was simply that once you got to about pick 19... It was a bunch of guys that I think we all felt should be going at 29. So I was like, all right, over the next 10 picks, we're going to have to take someone we believe should be going a little bit later. Which one is it going to be? And my case, the case for Rudy Gobert, continued to be, hey, this is a guy who's been exceptionally durable the last couple of seasons after, you know, he's alternating between full and half years for a few seasons in there. You know exactly what you're going to get. He's going to be a top 24 per game guy. And with durability, he's going to smoke everybody in front of him and, you know, work an extra round up the board because of it. And that's exactly what he's done so far. Yes, if you took him instead of LaMelo Ball, you're behind in that particular case, at least on a per-game basis. I think Rudy might even be in front of LaMelo 
by totals now. Uh, yeah, he is because of those extra games he's been able to play in. And I just I feel really good about it. I traded uh, away Freddie Van Vliet, who's been better by a substantial amount on a per game basis than Gobert. I just I needed big man stats. I I, I don't know. I have a, a soft spot for Rudy Gobert, and I think it's because everybody seems to hate him. <laughs> I gravitate to players like that. Why do you think I have Pat Beverly on every one of my damn teams? Uh, pretty good performance from New Orleans. Kind of hang in there in this one against a much better opponent. JV came back, so that's good news. Josh Hart is in a brutal free-throw shooting slump, but who cares? Ingram's back. He was awful, but you can start him anyway. And Herb Jones saved this one with five defensive stats, but here's, this is what we talked about on yesterday's show. Once this team gets healthy, there just aren't enough shots. He happened to make half of his and get three free-throws, but you can't count on five defensive stats every game. And it's the same story for Devontae Graham. He's not going to get enough to do with everybody back now, minus Zion, of course. Also, same problem. Detroit beat Milwaukee. Who the hell saw this one coming? On the road. I didn't. Cade Cunningham came back. Trey Lyles came back. Killian Hayes is back for Detroit. Luka Garza is to the bench for Detroit. And Sadiq Bey is on a furious tear after getting off to one of the the worst starts in fantasy he is no longer the worst field goal percent guy in the NBA. In fact, it's not really all that close for good old Sadiq Bey. He's dug himself out of the cellar. He's number 121 overall this year on a per-game basis, and he's very much been a startable asset once everybody started going down for this team. You can probably keep rolling with him until Jeremy Grant comes back. Uh, I don't think Isaiah Stewart is going to put that much of a dent into what he's been doing lately. It's possible he just kind of cools off in there. But Cade is a start. Bay's a start. Lyles is a start until Stewart comes back. Diallo, you've already seen this is what happens. He was a go when everyone was out. 11-9-5 is fine, but no threes, bad percentages. That's the problem. He needs maximum overdrive on his usage and shots to get where he would need to be. And he had it for about three games, and now other guys are back. I don't know that anymore needs to necessarily be said. Milwaukee is a uh, pretty much an open book at this point. Middleton's back, so no one else matters besides Drew, Chris, Giannis, and Robert. Old Bobby Portis continuing to rumble along, as we will also do. Orlando ha- had a good ball game. They made it tight with Chicago. Couldn't quite overcome the Bulls. 102-98, the final score there. Franz Wagner, Gary Harris continues to play good basketball. He's a must-start player. Has been top 50 over the last two weeks. We've seen his role does decrease when Cole Anthony gets back, but Anthony's still out with that ankle thing, so you can keep trotting Harris out there. And I don't think I would make him a preemptive drop either. I think if you got Harris, you at least hang on after Anthony's return and just see what happens. Because somehow he's kind of carved himself a nice little spot on this team and veteran leadership role sort of deal. Uh, Mo Bamba up to 23 minutes here. I think they're just kind of easing him back into his role. He has not at all looked himself. So I would venture to guess that he probably had himself a symptomatic case. We've been trying to figure out, like, who's had it worse based on when guys come back from protocols. Bamba was out for a very long time, and I think we're beginning to see why. On the Chicago side, 
Lonzo Ball came back. Kobe White was still decent off the bench. I just I have no idea how he possibly keeps that up. He went seven for eleven with a couple of three balls. No way he shoots that well every ball game. And if he's only getting eleven shots, yes, thirty-five minutes. But Vooch, Levine, Demar, Lonzo, all these guys are ahead of him in the pecking order. It's just too hard to put up fantasy value when you're fifth in line to score the basketball and you're not uh, a distributor, really, at least not with these other guys on the floor. So uh, you can probably leave him alone. If you wanted to trot him out there in a scheduling, positive scheduling spot, be my guest. But I ain't spending a Roto Games cap on him. That's for damn sure. Denver's having a lot of trouble scoring points these days, which I think we probably all figured would happen eventually. They've just been so hammered by injuries. I know, real ones. It's almost unfathomable in the NBA these days. Jokic continues to be good. Campazzo has been uh, generally startable with no Monte Morris. I know this ball game wasn't as good for him, but if he makes his free throws, it's actually not that bad of a performance. And Will Barton, who had been playing better, had a clunker here but I think you can probably continue to use him as well. Over on that Dallas side, good to see Luka have himself a decent ball game. 15 assists you like, the four steals you like, but the percentage is not good. And, I mean, that's the problem with Luka, is that things are always going to look shinier than they actually are. Jalen Brunson, to me, is someone you can consider dropping. I think I said that on yesterday's pod. I'll repeat it. You don't have to dump him yet. He's still starting and playing 34 minutes, but his role is just so much smaller with Luka on the floor. He's not going to get the assists he had before, and therein lies most of his value, because generally he doesn't hit threes or get steals. He happened to get them in this ball game, and that floated the line. Uh, but if things trend back the way they usually do for him, and you're talking about you know, 13, 14 points and not many assists, that's not going to get it done. Not in 9-cat. With Porzingis and Protocols, I think you could add Maxi Kleba, more, over, more than Dwight Powell, certainly, and I know that they both kind of have their things that they're good at. But Kleba being able to hit the three ball, he gets the blocks that Powell tends not to get as often. Powell hit his shots both from the field and the free throw line in here, but you like Kleba's ability to make the free throws. Just a better kind of across-the-board type. Dorian Finney-Smith got himself into foul trouble, and that allowed Reggie Bullock to get going, so I wouldn't worry too much about that front. Uh, Finney-Smith, he's a startable player. Brunson is a maybe Kleba's a short-term stream. I think I'd use him in all formats while Porzingis is out. But just understand that there is a uh, finite endpoint on how long I'd be willing to play with Maxi Kleba. Then you get into the later part of the card. Before we get there, I want to remind you guys that our partnership with the fine folks at ExpressVPN continues here on Fantasy NBA Today. Gotta love those folks. Really happy to have them back once again. And what I told you about yesterday is what I want to tell you guys about again today. If you're browsing in incognito mode, you're not actually invisible. ExpressVPN, which, listen, I know for fantasy fans, for basketball fans, the first thing you guys always ask me about ExpressVPN is how does it work with League Pass? And it's beautiful. You can be anywhere you want. Using a VPN, you can make servers believe that you're somewhere else. You can watch whatever team you want to using a VPN. It's very easy. You just change where your location is. You want to be in Mumbai? Go for it. You want to be in Los Angeles? Go for it. Either way, it's going to allow you to view teams that are uh, 
I don't want to say skirt blackout restrictions because you're paying for this stuff. You should get what you pay for. But in addition, ExpressVPN wants to make sure you guys know your internet service provider, Google, the big boats out there of the data collection world are watching everything you do. And the way to keep them from doing it is not to browse in incognito mode because that's garbage. It's to turn on a VPN. Turn on ExpressVPN. Protect your identity. Protect your browsing data. Don't be a stat. Don't be something that's bought and sold by large companies to marketing agencies. Don't be that. So if you really want to go incognito, for real, for real, protect your privacy and secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Yep, it's the old name. Expressvpn.com slash hoopball and get three months free on top of your one-year subscription. 15 months for the price of 12 at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Express V, Victor, P, Paul, and Nancy.com slash hoopball. Go there now. Learn more. Get yourself a subscription. Enjoy League Pass. And enjoy not being watched by Big Brother. Everything you do. I shudder. I shudder thinking about it. A little later in today's podcast, I'll remind you guys about all the money we won on MyBookie and how you can turn it into more money with our buddies over at uh, ThriveFantasy.com. Atlanta, Portland. This one was arguably the highlight of the evening. Trey Young goes... For a record-setting night, 56 points, 14 assists on 26 shots and 15 free throws. He made every single one of them. What an unbelievable year Trey Young is having. We talked about it before. This is this strange season where if you improved year over year, you can jump like four rounds of fantasy rank because everybody else either stayed put or slid backwards. And Trey is now number 11. 11 on a per-game basis. That's insanity. That's absolute bleeping insanity. Anyway, his team lost. Uh, they're still missing a bunch of guys. Um, Kevin Herter came back for this one. He's probably streamable until Cam Reddish, who's dealing with ankle, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's in protocols, come back. Danilo Gallinari played 35 minutes off the bench. He's actually probably streamable as well as long as John Collins is out. I think I'd probably lean Gallinari if someone was like, hey, which between these two guys would you rather do? Which is weird because Herter's the one starting. It's just that Gallo historically has been the better per-minute fantasy producer between those two guys. I know he had a bad shooting game, but, I mean, give me the rest of their lines other than the shooting line, and Gallo's was the far superior one yesterday. It was just the shooting that tipped things in Herter's favor. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know exactly. Reddish could be back for the next one. That's another reason why I would lean away from Herter. It sounds like Collins is at least one more game away. So maybe you get, you know, one out of Gallo. DeLon Wright played 32 minutes off the bench as well. I think that also had something to do with the missing guards on the team. Uh, Lou Williams was there. So it's also possible that if he gets warm, he and DeLon Wright kind of flip-flop who actually gets to play those backup shooting guard and point guard minutes. Because Skylar Mays is not, he's not the long-term solution. And I say long-term, I mean, we're talking about like a week 
for this team right now. So it's not a super long-term solution. <laughs> They're not looking for... I guess I was just meaning like more than one day. Anyway, uh, I might pick up Gallo in a spot or two. It's a sort of short version, short answer to that one. Portland, Anthony Simons show. It sounded like Dame was only going to be out for one game of rest. Then Chauncey Billups was a little bit cagey about it. So Dame might miss another game or two resting up his abdomen. And that's kind of the way this season's going to go. He'll push himself as far as he can. Then he'll take a game or two off. It's going to be a little bit annoying, but at least he's been a first-rounder when he's been around. Simons is not going to be this good every game, but as we said on yesterday's podcast, when Dame is out, he's a start. Norman Powell, obviously a start. Uh, Nasir Little had a better ball game here. He's a, still a bit of a roll of the dice in terms of the small forward fill-in minutes. I'd rather focus more of our attention on the big men spots because Robert Covington came back, Yusuf Nurkic came back for this ball game. Uh, and Larry Nance still played 35 minutes. I know it wasn't a particularly good ball game. He had some fouls. He didn't really get in the mix much. Five boards, five assists, and a block. The funny thing about Larry is that, I mean, this is really a line that's like a steal and two rebounds away from one where you're like, okay, that's like a pretty reasonable low-end Larry Nance line. So I have no issues with him still playing huge minutes. Covington off the bench was very good prior to hitting protocols. I'm going to assume he goes back into that role. And we'll kind of see how everybody finds their place. This is a pretty good win for Portland. I know Atlanta's not playing good ball, but to get a W without Dame is critical for them. They cannot just lose every game that Lillard misses this year, or they've got no shot. And right now they're one game out of the play-in tournament behind the Spurs and the Kings. I mean, there are some clunky teams that are hanging in there for those last play-in spots. I think the Wolves will make it. So Kings, Spurs, Blazers. Blazers are only a game up on the Thunder. Yikes. That'll happen when you're 2-13 and 13 on the road. Good grief, Charlie Brown. Warriors beat the Heat. Jimmy Butler uh, twisted his ankle. It's unclear if it was an overall foot thing or an ankle thing. Nobody knew. Uh... So he's questionable already for the next one. I'm assuming he's going to miss a couple of ball games because he had already been dealing with an ankle thing on top of the tailbone thing. And the Jimmy Butler experience continues, unfortunately. He got off to maybe as great a start this season as we could have ever imagined. And uh, now he's only played in 23 ball games. Just a uh, devastating shot to the gut from someone who we were able to get mid-second round posting early first round per game production and just cannot stay healthy. And I know that's kind of his M.O., but usually it's like, missed two, three games here. He's basically just missed the month of December. And now, hurt again in January. You got nothing you can really do there besides hang on. I think our own feed said to sell for someone inside the top 30. I completely disagree with that. I don't usually disagree with something that our guys say at Sports Ethos, but you can't. He's too good for that. You got to at least wait it out. He comes back from this one, and he plays the rest of the way and misses, like, three games from there on out. And you sold? You'll feel like a real buffoon. Caleb Martin is very much an ad. He and Omer Yurtsevin are uh, very easy streams to make right now. Max Struess sounds like he's getting close to coming back from his protocol. Uh, I would still go uh, Martin over Struess. Max, his stuff is very heavily predicated on uh, hitting three-pointers. We've seen with Martin, 
steals, blocks, boards, threes. There's a there's an across the board level production that is is pretty good. I mean, he was playing well even with Butler in the lineup here. So if Jimmy goes down, that makes life a whole lot simpler. The other the thing on Yurtsevin now with PJ Tucker around, you might see those guys start to share minutes a little bit. Although again, as guys continue to get hurt and end up in protocols, Duncan Robinson's still missing. You kind of have to take it on a, a game-by-game basis with Miami. And right now, Caleb Martin, among all of those sort of uh, non-namers, is the guy. For now. I mean, that changes two days from now, most likely. Draymond, back and doing Draymond things. Five points, eight boards, 13 assists, a steal, four blocks, and a three-pointer. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do enjoy the classic Draymond line. He's worked himself up to number 64, uh, in nine cat right now, and uh, you know I still can't figure out why the free throw shooting has been so terrible for Dre this year. But if you wipe that out, and you know you can't because it is sixty percent. But if you ignore it and assume that he gets up to like into the mid to high seventies, like he always has been, not always has been, but certainly lately, uh, that puts him inside the top forty. So that's pretty much where we thought he was going to be, and we've been. Uh, confused here by the free throw thing as far as the other stuff in the Warriors I mentioned on I think yesterday's show that I didn't really trust the other dudes namely Otto Porter uh Damian Lee Kevon Looney with Draymond back who I didn't I don't think I said on yesterday's pod specifically but certainly with Dre back you don't you don't start Looney anymore um Wiggins was the guy you could go with. I don't even think I trusted Jordan Poole going into yesterday's game because we didn't know what he was going to do here as he's continuing to ramp up. Well, he got going. 32 points on 17 shots. He'll overtake Gary Payton, most likely for that shooting guard spot. And then Payton probably goes back to not really being relevant again. And now Clay Thompson is within probably a week of coming back. So that's going to shake everything up again. If you can get something for Jordan Poole... Maybe someone in your league forgot that Klay Thompson is really, really close. Kyrie Irving, also really, really close. A couple of really key names about to come back early this month. In the meantime, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Steph, those guys are fine to go with with the Warriors. And then uh, Poole's the guy who probably takes a, the biggest hit with Klay coming back. And Minnesota and the Clippers, we'll tell you about in a second. Hey, I need you guys to do this for me, and I know we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks so far, but I need you guys to go to thrivefantasy.com and check them out. I beg of you, check them out. We want to get a handful more signups over there using promo code ETHOS. It's so easy, E-T-H-O-S. You get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit at thrivefantasy.com. Available via an app as well, the Thrive Fantasy app. For all devices, Apple, Android, whatever, or just go to thrivefantasy.com if you're an old man like me and you prefer to look at things on a big, beautiful monitor atop your desk. Yeah, I'm a desktop guy. What of it? What of it? You can prop up. All you got to do to play over at Thrive Fantasy is no props. Is Steph Curry going to have a big game or a slow game? Is Jimmy Butler going to have a big game or, or an off one? That's what you're banking on. You don't have to create a traditional DFS lineup where you go through 250 players and figure out which of the guys you've never heard of is going to score 12 points with 7 rebounds and get you like 22 DFS points 
out of someone you spent 3500 DFS dollars on. No, no dumpster diving. You know the best of the best. Who's going to have the big games? Who's going to have the quiet games from among the, among the biggest names in basketball? You pick the most winners. There are 20 on the card. You pick 10 of them. You have mass points based on what you chose. And if you are in the top echelon of points amassed, you take home money. And with a $10 deposit, not only do you get the $10 deposit match, but a pair of $20 contest entry vouchers as well. So you could enter three $20 contests on a $10 deposit. Win money in any of those, and you end up basically up for your time with Thrive Fantasy. If you want to cash out after that, be my guest. But I wouldn't. I mean, I think you can win more. I think you can keep playing following our DFS guys at Sports Ethos. DFS Today is the name of their podcast. Now go take that information. Take our free winnings we keep grabbing over at MyBookie. Drop $10. That's all I'm asking you to do. Into a ThriveFantasy.com account with promo code ETHOS and start playing around. Have some fun. Mess around with it. Practice on your own time if you want. You know, look at the 20 props they put out there. Write them down on a piece of paper and guess at home. See how you would have done if you don't want to, you know, drop $20 into the first contest you do. See if you can figure it out. Develop a, a system if you're super careful and cautious. But at least give it a look. Again, the promo code is ETHOS, 100% deposit match bonus, up to $100, and contest entry vouchers on top of that. Hell of a deal with our buddies over there. Shout out, as always, to the great folks at Thrive Fantasy. They've been an absolute pleasure to work with. Uh, Scott is our contact over there. They're awesome. Go have some fun with them. Win some money while you're at it. All right, last game on the card from Monday. It was an ugly one if you were a Clippers fan. They put up some of the worst fantasy lines that I think we've seen all year. Eric Bledsoe, this game very much in the running for, for worst performance of the year by anyone. He did have five assists. I think that's probably the only reason it's not the worst fantasy line I've seen all year. But the six turnovers, missed shots, missed free throws. Uh, I was right and I was wrong in this game at the same time. I said Reggie Jackson would overtake Eric Bledsoe with Paul George out. Uh, and he and yes, I mean, he has knocked Bledsoe down a number of pegs, but then Reggie was also terrible in this ballgame. But everybody was terrible in this game for the Clippers. I mean, they were just garbage from top to bottom. Too many turnovers, got out-rebounded, out-hustled. Min- uh, Minnesota is not a bad basketball team. We saw them hang in there with a Lakers team that's actually starting to play a tiny bit better of late, and they just waxed the Clippers here who, I know, no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, Minnesota, no Cat, no D'Lo, and they handled themselves fine. There's a bit of a blowout minutes thing going on. If you're analyzing the Minnesota side, Patrick Beverly, all systems go. Nas Reed is a go until Cat comes back. Vanderbilt's a go rest of season. Malik Beasley is someone you're likely taking out of your lineups right now because Ant-Man has taken those shots, and then D'Lo and Cat are going to take the rest of them. Uh, And Jaden McDaniels is the only guy who's kind of a coin flip. He was playing mid-20s in minutes even when the team was healthy, but his fantasy game really kind of needed about four or five more minutes than that. And he got them while guys were missing. I think he most likely trends back outside the top 100 here as the Wolves get healthy. For the Clippers, I just, I really want to see Isaiah Hartenstein come back because Zubats is out. They're playing Serge Ibaka the full 20 minutes his body can handle right now. Hartenstein would jump right into a pretty good role. I think you can start Marcus Morris. 
I know he didn't have a good ball game here, but if he's out there for the full 30-some-odd minutes, he probably scores 15, 16 points and gets you a couple threes and a couple of rebounds. That'll be enough. I think you could start Reggie Jackson most games. I know he was awful in this one as well. Pat Beverly put the clamps on him. Still has it. Still has it a little bit, Pat Bev. Uh, but Reggie's going to get most of the shots with PG out. And then, no, you're not studying Serge Ibaka. I know he had 17 points, but he's not going to hit. He's not going to bat 1,000 on shots every ball game. You're not worried about Xavier Moon and 26 minutes off the bench. Just ignore a lot of that stuff. Go Reggie Jackson, go Marcus Morris, and when Hartenstein or Zubats comes back, whoever comes back first, I would say, is a guy you can drop right into your lineup, and you're good to go. And that's your Tuesday show. Again, uh, scheduling-wise, things are a little bit weird for me this week. Show's coming out a little earlier, but not as much uh, strategy discussion, a little more focus on box score stuff. That might be the full week. I don't know. Uh, Some of you probably like it. Others of you are probably like, come on, Dan, let's get into the weeds a little bit more. And you know what? We will. Don't worry. When the timing, the situation arises. But for now, this is what you got. You're stuck with it. It's Fantasy NBA Today. Sports Ethos presentation. I'm Dan Vespers. Thank you once again to all of you guys, the listeners, for rating and reviewing the pod. Thank you for checking out our partners. And again, please, please, please do go drop in on thrivefantasy.com. That's the one we really want to butter those breads. That's a gross butchering of that expression. Butter that bread. ThriveFantasy.com, promo code ethos. Uh, Manscaped.com, promo code is ethos20. MyBookie, promo code is hoopball. And ExpressVPN, it's a, it's a link. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. Those are the four partners we've got going here on Fantasy NBA Today right now. Uh, I am on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Sports Ethos is on Twitter at ethosfantasybk. Have a great Tuesday. Break down the short card tomorrow, Wednesday. Maybe we get into a little bit of the strategy stuff on uh, on tomorrow's show. That timing-wise feels like the right fit. So long, everybody.